A drug that increases dopamine can reverse effects of inflammation on the brain in depression. A drug that increases or that can reverse the effects of inflammation on the brain in depression. Let's look at that again. A drug that increases dopamine can reverse the effects of inflammation on the brain in depression. You're listening to Technical News Reading, presented by Hakim Alibokis Alexander on Colin Social Podcasting, presented for World Reading Club in association with Uniquilibrium. This edition's reading focus comes to us from Neurosciencenews.com and is titled A Drug That Increases Dopamine Can Reverse the Effects of Inflammation on the Brain in Depression. It was published today on January 27, 2023. Summary Levodopa, a drug commonly prescribed for the treatment of Parkinson's disease that increases dopamine in the brain, was found to reverse the effects of neuroinflammation on the reward system and improve symptoms associated with depression. Source, Emory University. An Emory University study published in Molecular Psychiatry shows levodopa, a drug that increases dopamine in the brain, has potential to reverse the effects of inflammation on brain reward circuitry, ultimately improving symptoms of depression. Numerous labs across the world have shown that inflammation causes reduced motivation and anhedonia, a core symptom of depression, by affecting the brain's reward pathways. Past research conducted by the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences at Emory University School of Medicine has linked the effects of inflammation on the brain to decreased release of dopamine, a chemical neurotransmitter that regulates motivation and motor activity in the ventral striatum. In the study, Researchers demonstrated that levodopa reversed the effects of inflammation on the brain's functional connectivity in reward circuitry and anhedonia, inability to feel pleasure, in depressed individuals with higher C-reactive protein, CRP, a blood marker produced and released by the liver in response to inflammation. Levels of inflammation or inflammation can be easily measured by simple blood tests like CRP, readily available in clinics and hospitals throughout the U.S. The study included 40 depressed patients with a range of CRP levels from high to low who underwent functional scans or functional brain scans on two visits after receiving, in random order, either placebo or levodopa, a drug often prescribed for disorders like Parkinson's disease. Levodopa improved functional connectivity in a classic ventral striatum to ventral medial prefrontal cortex reward circuit, but only in patients with higher levels of CRP. This improvement in reward circuitry 
in depressed individuals with higher CRP also correlated with reduced symptoms of anhedonia after levodopa. We have a featured image here, and it is of uh, some person sitting against a brick wall with like fall leaves and grass in front of them, looking pretty sad. And the caption uh, reads, Levels of inflammation can be easily measured by simple blood tests, like CRP, readily available in clinics and hospitals throughout the U.S. The image is in the public domain. If you're listening to this on Colin, I have the little link bar up at the top, and you can click on it um, when you swipe to the left and you'll see the link for this article that you can read along with. Neuroscience News continues. This research demonstrates the translational potential for use of inflammation-related deficits in functional connectivity and could have important implications for the future investigations of precision therapies for psychiatric patients with high inflammation, says principal investigator and senior author Jennifer C. Felger, Ph.D., associate professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences, Emory School of Medicine. Felger says the study findings are critical for two reasons. First, they suggest depressed patients with high inflammation may specifically respond to drugs that increase dopamine. Second, Felger says these findings also provide additional evidence that functional connectivity in reward circuitry may serve as a reliable brain biomarker for the effects of inflammation on the brain. Moreover, as the effect of levodopa was specific to depressed patients with higher inflammation, this functional connectivity may be used to assess the responsiveness of the brain to novel treatments that might be targeted to this subtype of depressed patients in future studies and clinical trials, says Felger. About this psychopharmacology and depression research news, the author is Jennifer Johnson McEwen, source Emory University. Contact Jennifer Johnson McEwen or Emory University. The image I referred to earlier, which you can see in the link here, is in the public domain. The original research is under open access and is from a paper with a fucking long name titled Functional Connectivity in Reward Circuitry and Symptoms of Anhedonia as Therapeutic Targets in Depression with High Inflammation, Evidence from a Dopamine Challenge Study by Mandak Beckbot and others in Molecular Psychiatry. All right. All right. Before I go on, hello, Nomo. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Awesome. Um, I was just, uh, I, I didn't really hear much about it, but the, that levodopa, is that an actual thing for Parkinson's? Yeah, levodopa is a, actually a precursor to um, a dopamine. So they use it upstream so that the body can then create the dopamine from there. And, and the levo part is levorotary, which means the, the direction of which uh, certain parts of the molecule are oriented and spinning. Like okay. how atoms have spin and stuff like that. So there's there's uh, there's one that spins to the left and one spins to the right. It's pretty interesting about molecules. Yeah, my dad uh, my dad is uh, in the in the you know beginning stages of Parkinson's from um, uh, they're they're trying they I think they're uh, I think it was from the Gulf War syndrome. Um, the treatment for it is likely what caused it. Um, um, the treatment for the Gulf War syndrome is what caused the, the early stages of Parkinson's. That's what, yeah, that's saying. what the, yep, yep. 
So, uh, but no, if that's an actual real drug, I'd like to, you know, inform him about it because, you know, he's he's got the shakes and whatnot. And I give him, yeah. I, I, I microdose him every once in a while with like 5, yeah. 10 milligrams of, of uh, THC. Yeah. And I did it one time and um, the doctor was coming over the next day. He had normal blood pressure, no, no tremors, no, I mean, he just, he was, he was doing great. So it was like, you know, if I could get him with that, plus, you know, get him someone else. So, well, the thing is about, and I'm not a physician. I just, I'm a researcher, but the thing about uh, Levodopa and things like that is that, um, after a while, patients become tolerant to it and Mm. they, um, start to actually can develop signs of like schizophrenia and things like that because, um, one of the things is that too much dopamine, that's why most of the, the um, atypical and the other antipsychotics are actually dopamine inhibitors, which means they occupy D1 through D5 dopamine sites mm-hmm. in the brain. And um, so they block dopamine. So when you start giving someone a drug like levo, like L-dopa, um, uh, levodopa, eventually at some point in time they develop tolerance and then the, and then the dopamine can't be stopped by getting into their brain and it causes uh, psychotic symptoms. Now, I'm not trying to be an So I guess we're hoping it's not the uh, the war of the planet of the apes here? <laughs> right. So I'm saying that, um, you know, see what other, you know, alternatives right. there, there are, or um, maybe the doctor can um, put them on a schedule where they kind of, they titrate it up because what they have to do with most of these drugs nowadays is they, they get it to what's called a steady state peak where they flood the whole body with it because um, they haven't yet perfected the technology to to use vectors to get the drugs directly to the brain yet. So, okay. um, and, but the technology exists. They're just assholes and they're not using it. Like, for example, of um, you can wrap uh, any drug molecule in um, icopentosanoic acid or docosahexanoic acid, like DPA or EHA, the, the, the fatty acids that are found in fish oils. Yeah. And when you do that, then you can, um, uh, it goes past the blood-brain barrier, because the blood-brain barrier is very guarding against, um, you know, any molecules getting in there, of course, because the brain needs to be protected. So... Um, you can use those as like kind of like a Trojan horse to get things past the brain. But the way they do it now is they just flood the body with the drug and then hope that enough of it gets into there. And they measure it by nanograms per milliliter. So they say we need to give the person up to like, like for example, there's a, an, an atypical antipsychotic called clozapine. Um, it goes under the brand name Clozaril and other ones like that. It's a diabetic. Clozapine? No, no, clozapine. Uh, clonazepam, oh, okay. you're thinking of? That's a clonopin, which is, uh, which is very close. Yeah, I know. Also- yep. I used to take a whole bottle in one day. Yep. Don't have to tell yeah, me about those. Yeah, it's a benzo- that's a benzodiazepine. Clozapine is a dibenzodiazepine derivative, so it's a fucking crazy drug. But anyway, um, so, but what they do is they flood the body, they get it to a certain nanograms per milliliter of blood, and once they get to that steady state peak, then, then the drug then gets past the blood-brain barrier, and then it starts to occupy the dopamine receptors. But, um, but the, the better way to do this is using targeted technology by um, using, like, fatty acids to wrap the drug molecules in and deliver it directly to the drug target site so that they don't have to... Um, uh, flood the body with that much, but anyway, uh, you should do you just know research. anything? Do you know anything yeah. about uh, like THC edibles? 
Um, I, I know that. And why um, they would be so inconsistent? Yes. Um, it's because, first of all, um, a lot of people are making them hastily. That's the first thing. Money is the first thing. Right. And second, um, most people aren't being careful to. So, look, here's the problem. If you're going to start using THC or CBD, which is a more natural type of chemical, right, for mm. treating things, why are you then putting them inside, like, candies with, with high fructose corn syrup? Right. You understand what I'm saying? So this is the problem. The problem is, is that you have things fighting each other. So if you, if you really want to use edibles for the best effect, and again, remember, I'm not a doctor. I'm just I'm a I'm a researcher. Yeah. So the thing is, is that for the best effect of them, is that it it has to be on par with the whole purpose of it. The whole purpose of, of, of people using THC and CBD are to get away from toxic pharmaceutical chemicals, right? Oh. Right. Okay. So if you're then putting somebody, giving somebody a red piece of candy that has yellow number five and lake blue, right, which one of them is called tartrazine, oh, which is a known, which is which is a known, um, you know, uh, uh, it's abrasive to the brain, right? They're known. Is that, is that know, what like is that what skips your high? Is is that is that how you skip your high when you when it does that? Because I can go up to about five or six hundred milligrams, and it's like some days yeah. it just could be hit or miss when I get it. So it's it's just weird. Well, those things are – the problem with those drugs is that they directly affect the brain, um, the, the coloring, the food coloring. Uh, specifically, yellow number five is just one of them that I'm talking about. It's called tartrazine, right, right. and they specifically affect sites in the brain. So there's a big problem with this. So if you don't, um, so if you don't mess with the uh, – you know, if you don't dose yourself with more natural chemicals um, or like, for example, it's probably better just to take THC or – um, CBD and a dropper, you know what I mean, without like sugar, without like all this other stuff, because those things are definitely um, uh, neurodisruptors, and, and there's problems with all that stuff. Like, if, imagine you have high fructose corn syrup and like a food coloring and some mm -hmm. weird gelatin in there, then you're, it's like, you're, then you're not, no, you're no better than giving somebody one of these, these toxic pharmaceutical drugs. Wow. See what I mean? So that's the problem with them. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. You know, it's like I want to well, yeah, like, get you, high. It's just like you get sleep. used to it. It's almost like you get used to them, but it's just your body just saying it's your, it's your body that's, you know, saying that there's something wrong or whatever, right? Right. So that's okay. the simple, simple, simplest way I can probably explain that and why it's so inconsistent. And also, you know, of course, just like if you drink on an empty stomach, it's different than if you drink after mm. eating food, right? So, right, right. Um, so all of those things come into fact. And then depending on what you, you take in, um, I'm about to publish a paper on um, different things that interfere with um, cannabinoid uptake because there's a lot of stuff that bind to the cannabinoids and cause them to be inactivated that you can ingest. So so smoking is a completely different thing, right, than, than ingesting it because you don't have to deal with all of the different chemicals that are in the stomach already. So if you have stuff inside your stomach that bind to the cannabinoids and basically um, flush them out of the system like a chelation type of thing where like chelation is where certain uh, vitamins and minerals bond to heavy metals and then they flush them out of your system so the heavy metals are inactivated and they get out of their system. So the other problem with that is um, 
is that sometimes there are things that bind to cannabinoids, especially because they're fat-soluble, and it'll bind to those things and pull them right out of the system without them having the beneficial effect to your brain. So essentially you might just be wasting your time by that attaches to them and, and shuttles them out of your body. What's the best way to do it without without smoking then? Because I can't really smoke um, anymore. Yeah, um, so it would be to um, one of the best ways I found is if you can get either drops, right, yeah. um, and then you put them on your you you drop them on your a, a food of your choice or put them in a drink of your right, choice, right. like something. You, that have you ever heard of dissolute? Have you ever heard of dissolute syringes? Um, Have you ever heard uh, of yes. a, a distillate or whatever? It comes in a little syringe, and um, it, it was like yep. it was kind of like the same thing with edibles, though. With that thing, like sometimes it would work, sometimes it wouldn't. But it's like some kind of like insane amount okay. of, of like milligrams or something. No, it, it's just um, it's just that again, you have to just be careful what you're taking it with. But yeah, it's um, the distillate syringes just simply mean that they take out a lot of the impurities. Um, so it, like distilled water, it's simply just a way of getting rid of a lot of other things that are in the molecules. Oh, okay. So, so it's just basically stuff like that they, you, yeah, and then like the stuff that you put it on, that's what it's going to react with, and then it's going to react with your body? Um, yeah, um, and again, I would look up, um, you know, what the different things, like what things bind to, like what to eat and what not to eat. Um, uh, with when you're taking can- cannabis. Okay. So, um, but the distillate syringes, right? Um, it's it's a, it's a just basically a highly refined oil. Okay. Like you don't, like I said, that's what distillation does. It takes out a lot of impurities. Okay. Um, but I I I, I um. I empathize with you and, and your dad going through the early stages of Parkinson's. Um, yeah, we already are, uh, we already went through with my one grandpa and my one grandma had per- dementia. So, <laughs> what's up? Uh, yeah, so that, that's that's rough. Um, I said, yeah, that's rough. That's not an easy thing. Nope. Hi, Heidi. How you doing? Welcome. So. Um, you, you, um, uh, what? Nomo. <laughs> uh, from Law Abiding Citizen. War pig. War pig suck. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> yeah. Nomo's from Law Abiding Citizens. You know, when he, when he plays the janitor part. And of course, there's no Nazis in Ukraine. Yeah. I... So that's what, that's what my picture is right now is, is that one. <laughs> hilarious um yeah i haven't seen that that movie for a while but i i, I remember um i really like it mm-hmm. because of uh yeah it's a fascinating uh, film like what somebody would go through the lengths that they go through to protect their their family well to get vengeance to get vengeance and you know yeah you know it, i mean I, I i could guarantee anybody anybody would want to do that you know i i know I understand completely. 
And it's like, so, yeah, you know, and it. It, it, it all, and it's one of those movies that just shows the corruption of this country to a T. So it's like, it's just one of those that, you know, it's one of those that exposes stuff, but it's also just another movie that's got a little bit of propaganda in it. Cause you know, the, the good guy wins at the end and you know, the good guy's not exactly the, you know, one they think of. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know that's, well, that's crazy. I mean, I don't know. I would rather him not have won. <laughs> I, I would have rather. I would have rather. I would have rather. Uh, you know, uh, Gerald get. You know, when the the guy. You know, he blows up the yeah, the city council. Yeah. That would have been awesome. The Jamie Fox. Yeah, I was. I was rooting for him. I didn't think. He, I didn't yeah. think Jamie Fox played the good guy in that movie. I was totally not. But I guess they had to do that, man. I, I guess, you know. At the time of the movie, they're like, we can't have terrorists <laughs> running around here winning. Oh, dude! In yeah. this movie, right there. Right? Uh, no, I was, I was for Clyde. I wasn't for Jamie. Yeah, I was for Clyde. Yeah. I'm for tearing yeah, down man, the system I, and starting over. Right? Seriously, I was like, hell yeah! Like that's like pun. But of course, then they 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 allowed that in the Punisher, you know, series yeah. for him to just go ahead and rip through politicians and everything like that. <laughs> Can't we just can't we just um, throw a couple of oligarchs in the fucking wood chipper? You know, seriously. We can do that. We can do that for fun. Did you see the um did you see the guy that was like working for Pfizer and like he was on a date or something and he was telling his date like how much like how corrupt the vaccine is and then you know once he got exposed because the guy was all, you know all on camera um uh, he started to throw a fit and tried to break the lap, probably tried to break an iPad and, you know, cause a scene. And then the owner of the establishment locked them in during office hours to create a health hazard. <laughs> no, I didn't hear that. Hold on one second. I got to All right, um, but yeah, I just, um, I agree. There's a lot of stuff that um, doesn't really <laughs> make too much sense. Like, we, we just have so many things perpetuated in our film and television that's, like, ridiculous as far as, you know, who they show the heroes are. <laughs> and it's everything is not so black and white. I wish they would just show things that are more realistic. Right. Like, hey. Right. That's what that's what we're there for, right? We're there for the fantasy. Yep. yep. So um, they need to start making movies where the real good guy wins. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean seriously. Like what you know, um, but but what real good guys do we do we yeah. have? Yeah. You know, like. All right. So. Well, if a president speaks out about um, war, he gets a bullet to the brain. So you know. Comes up with the headphones. What happened? Oh no! I was just asking my partner here. She can hear me through the headphones. Okay. She's sitting right across from me at the table, but. <laughs> All right. I mean. Um, yeah, I'm, I I just wonder about the um, the effects of uh, um, like what you were talking about with 
uh, THC and, um, you know, like why there's such an invariant uh, effect with, um, with how, especially with edibles. Yeah. Um, I'm just fascinated with that. But there's, but there's so many things like how sometimes it might not be stable in certain foods. Like I think that there's not enough um, care taken in the, um, in the production of some of these things too, especially like if they're baking or cooking, because you know that heat to a certain extent can destroy certain molecules, right? Okay, yeah, and, and so, I kind of figure, and yeah. render them inactive. Well, yeah, because when you're so when people, you're making your own butter or whatever, you have to do it to are, a certain, yeah. And so there could be so many inconsistencies there. I just think that um, there needs to be a lot more care taken in the production of it. That's all. Yeah, that's not going to happen in America. So it's um, almost yeah. like maybe just making your own like oil and butter, and then just. Like maybe just doing it that way and, and just, you know, not, not worrying about dispensaries? Uh, for the most part, for now, that's the thing because ultimately you have to understand just like anything else, as, as uh, alternative as it might seem to people, they're all about money. Yep. And they're going to crank out things as quickly as they possibly can. And you know people are going there in droves for edibles oh, and stuff definitely. like that. So if you can get it, yeah, so if you can get it, and make it the butter and extract the oils yourself, um, then you're better off doing that and then putting it in stuff that you need to and finding the doses yourself. And believe it or not, it's actually not that difficult to um, to find the uh, the right dosage. Like just like cooking, like if you cook anything, eventually yeah. you'll get to a point where you're like, oh, I know how much water to put in this pot to get the rice the right way, or you know that. With a rice cooker, you you can put you know two units of of water per unit of rice and get the right thing just right, by pressing right. a button. So eventually, you can learn how to dial it in like that, and that's okay. um, and and that's I think one of the best ways to go. I mean, if you really need edibles here and there, you know, get them from this country. But you're going to see that when you make it on your own, you're going to be a lot better off in the long run. Just okay. like how. You know, your grandma or somebody or a friend of yours even who makes really great cookies that are better than the ones that you can ever buy from the store. Or they might taste like complete shit, right? But everybody's different. That was the one thing I could never get is I could never get my grandma on board to bake some cookies. I could never get her on board to make some oil and then bake some cookies. She she was was one of those, you know, (laughs) greatest generations, didn't like it at all. And I mean, I've even, I've even dosed my mom and she just like, she doesn't like the smell at all. And I'm like, whatever, it's freaking, oh, yeah. I don't like the smell of a lot of your shit, but I still fucking stay around. You know, what's so funny is that like, there's a guy, I'm, I'm friends with him and I, but I work for him. Like he pays me, he's a old school, like, um, he's only a couple years older than me, but he's kind of like that where like in his like he gets like crazy drunk in his establishments. Like he owns a couple of bars and things like that. And like, he just wilds out, but he won't, he refuses. He doesn't smoke cigarettes. Right? And he, he, and anybody who smokes cannabis in his club, he kicks them out immediately with like a furious vengeance. And I'm like, man, that is such a wow. crazy backwards thing. Sometimes like, I love the guy, but I'm just like, you'll like, you, you'll get like so crazy drunk that you'll just like, 
you know, tell people that, you know, get out. Kick the stoners out? That's pretty fucked up. Yeah. (laughs) But then a little bit of weed that everybody wants to smoke and you you kick them out. Wow. So. (laughs) That's fucking crazy. She just showed me her shirt. It's it's like a tarot card and it says the stoner on it. (laughs) The stoner? Nice. Right on. (laughs) You know, instead of like death or whatever, it's like the stoner. Oh, I love, I love stoners. Stoners are the best people. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely a stoner. She's an awesome person. What do you say? Well, and that's that's what I did with COVID. Like right when right oh, when yeah, COVID yeah. hit, it became legal. It became legal here in Arizona, so I started doing that. Plus, I started losing weight. I'm still unvaxxed. I'm not. I'm not ever taking that fucking vaccine. So they got to kill me before I take that. Yeah, thing. well, yeah, fortunately, I was um, I was in China when it first started. Um, what and, was your experience? Uh, like, what, what was it like over there? Uh, my experience in China was great. Um, it uh, it was amazing. Let's hold on for a second. What are you saying, Heidi? Got to see what Pangburn's up to. Maybe yeah, she yeah she's probably already gone. Bit. Yeah, she's going over to Pangburn. Um, yeah, I was over there earlier. They had a, there, there was a, gen, a, gen, a geneticist, um, who was, it's funny because everything that they were talking about that was cutting out, you're cutting book. out, I had you're cutting out already. He's working on all this stuff for Mars and I asked about it based on, uh, hold on. Yeah, you're cutting out hardcore. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, like digitizing your voice. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wonder why that is. Um, Sarah, what are you hearing? Can you hear my voice? It's like super delayed. Yeah, she said it's super delayed. Okay. <laughs> oh, really? Well, you guys are right next to each other. So. <laughs> All right, well, I'm gonna get off. Let you let you keep going yeah, on that. Yeah. Hopefully, they do actually find something for Parkinson's. I'm really hoping they do, but you know, he's already 70, so I'm not really worried about it. So, yeah. Well, Momo, it's good to meet you, man. I hope I'll I'll see you around and get to talk to you here sometime. Same. I got you both uh, followed now, so I'm usually around on here. So, all right, brother. All right man. Be, see you later. Be well, my friend. Okay. All right, so Heidi, um, and no more good, good talk to you guys. We're going to jump off of here real quick, and uh, we have to do a little, little powwow. So thanks for joining, and um, we'll see you guys around the halls of Colin. Stay well.